Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Horwardell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? Remember when sports were canceled, Chris? <laughs> I, 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 I do. I, I almost pine for those days with how the uh, the week has been since we, we last spoke uh, on a recorded message. The, dis- the disappointment when a team... I could take losing a Game 7. Mm. You lose in a hard-fought battle. It's a close one. We're talking about the Philadelphia Flyers, right? Yes. Getting embarrassed and outplayed for an entire 60 minutes fully is just... It's literally the worst. You sit there, and and you're watching your team go down 3 nothing, and you just go, well, this is over. But mm. there's still 30 minutes left in this game. Like... But but it's over. It's flat out over, and there's no question about it. It's just misery, and this is what we're doing. This this is we're back to this with sports. Well, I don't get it. I wouldn't know because, like all good Americans, like all patriotic Americans, I don't care about <laughs> hockey. And maybe you're the smart one in this situation. There is we. This would be the first situation where that's the case. So <laughs> I'll take it. If so, uh, hey, this is this is crazy. We are. Now, sub two days until we have real National Football League action on our TVs. How crazy is this? I cannot wait. Um, um, doing all these fantasy football drafts the last few days, I am uh, I am just locked in and cannot wait for the NFL to start. Like, Thursday night can't come soon enough. Um, you got the Chiefs, you know, c- coming back uh, to start their defense. Yeah, the, the newly revamped. Uh, if you want to call it that, Houston Texans. That uh, that is a very table. kind way to it's, describe what they did this offseason. I I still the the the, the uh, DeAndre Hopkins trade still is the most baffling trade in all of sports uh, that but in recent memory. They got David Johnson. Yes, who hasn't been good <laughs> in several decades. Like it is. That's that's not fair. It's only been one decade. I mean. It, you traded a guy who was arguably is arguably a top five receiver, top three receiver mm-hmm. potentially in the NFL, for a broken down running back. Like, what are we doing? Hey, what are we doing? If you had Kenny Stills and Randall Cobb, you'd be looking to get them more action as well. I continuously forget Randall Cobb is still in the NFL. I like Randall. Let Cobb. alone on the Texans. Don't, Me too. Don't hate on Randall Cobb. He's a good football player. It's, but yeah, the, it's not per- his fault. A perplexing move, uh, to say the least, but by good old B.O.B. dealing away one of the best wide receivers in all football. And by the way, a wide receiver that flat out got paid this week. Nuke signed a two-year $54.5 million extension to his contract, now locked up for uh, four more years in Arizona. This make, I believe it makes him the highest paid non-quarterback uh, in, for those two seasons in all of football. I mean, you're talking about money in the bank, like just incredible money uh, for a receiver. I, I mean, and he deserves it. The mm. guy has been flat out a dominant force at the receiver position, regardless of what has been around him on that team. And, and now, I mean, you're going from Deshaun Watson, who's 
you know, easily one of the rising stars in the NFL, if not a, already a full-blown superstar mm. uh, under he, center. He also getting paid like a full-blown superstar now, by the yes. way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, talk about a guy that benefited from that Mahomes contract. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun, Deshaun certainly got what, what I think he deserves, too. I mean, if you look at his highlight tapes, even from the last few years, the, the one play, and I, it wasn't overtime, but it was late in a game. It might have actually been overtime. Getting hit, like, as he's, as he's throwing a touchdown pass, doing sort of a, a 360, the, the guy's incredible. I mean, he was incredible in, in college and has done nothing but uh, continue to be incredible since entering the NFL. I, I mean, but but now you go from... That is your quarterback to last year's number one pick and Kyler Murray mm-hmm. as your quarterback. Uh, I mean, to an offense that has a ton of established people on it, uh, I think that I, I don't see where Hopkins has some sort of giant drop-off. I, I just don't see it. No, I've said, uh, you know, the the Cardinals are one of those teams I think are really going to surprise people this year. When, when we had to go and put money on MVPs, I liked both Kyler Murray and Chandler Jones as potential offensive and defensive players of the year uh, for the for the Arizona Cardinals. So that <laughs> signifies that there's some talent on that team. Mm-hmm. I, I think Kyler's going to take a huge step up. Honestly, does not get enough credit for what he did as a rookie. And numbers were phenomenal. Especially, like, this is a guy who... And it's really interesting with the climate we're in right now with college football because if last season isn't played... Or, you know, Kyler is, well, two seasons ago now, Kyler is probably playing baseball instead of being the number one pick in the draft. Which is, which is really incredible. I mean, this is two years in a row now we've seen, a, we've seen such a jump for one particular player and just so happens that it's the quarterback position. But jumping from, you know, potentially not, well, in Kyler's case, not playing football. Yeah. To, and, and, and then also Burrow's case to being a late, late, late draft pick. And now we're looking at number one picks across the board. Kyler delivered, should deliver again this year. And now you get to the questions of, uh, of, of Joe Burrow and what he can do in Cincinnati. What's your expectations there? Because I know Anshu and I were talking about this earlier, and it seems like that offense, the pieces are in place for Joe Burrow to be successful. It's just a matter of, can he adapt quickly? Well, he certainly has the talent. I think it really hinges on what A.J. Green looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a big if. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was at one point a premier receiver in the NFL to a guy who's now oft injured. He's, you know, hasn't been as productive. I mean, he's flanked by some good players. You talk about the Tyler Boyds of the world, Joe Mixon, obviously. Um, you have some some serious talent around him. But if A.J. Green can get back to even really 75% of what A.J. Green was at the top of his, you know, uh, of I guess his wow. career arc, you're, you're talking about a situation where they can have a really explosive offense. Burrow has the arm. He can make the throws. If if his guys can get open and there's uh, at least a decent amount of protection, um, the, the Bengals could be in for a, a relatively surprisingly good season. Well, here is an absolute shocker. I, I imagine you just saw it as well. Billy Donovan will not return to the Oklahoma City Thunder as head coach next year. Both teams, uh, both sides decided against an extension for him. He led this team to taking a good Rockets team to seven games when... You know, Oklahoma City was largely considered to be one of the worst rosters in all of basketball to start the season. This is something. I'm... (sighs) Billy Donovan not coming back to me 
is that this is this is where the NBA makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like this team had this idea in mind that they were going to try to change things up at the beginning of this season, right? Ah, we'll play it out. We're in a weird transitional year. Chris Paul, we traded Russ. We have some expiring contracts coming up. We have a ton of draft picks. Let's regroup. We'll let him get through this year, and then we're not going to do it. Mm. And then he surprises everybody. He leads a team that was expected to not be very good to seven games in, in the first round. Should yeah. have arguably potentially won that series. Um, you know, one one James Harden block uh, away and maybe maybe a little bit better of an executed out-of-bounds pass uh, to, to close out that game. Yeah. Um, you know, you're talking about them being against the Lakers tonight. But it's... That's it, I'm surprised, but I'm also not surprised because it feels like it's such typical NBA. Oh, it's it's interesting, I, and I, it makes me wonder what Donovan knows that we don't right now. It it makes me because you know it makes me think that the Thunder are going to hardcore blow this thing up, and he doesn't want to be part of that because you know maybe in part because he's sort of proved he's a better coach than that. He doesn't have to be the guy babysitting the bad teams. He has shown that he can take a relatively weak roster, put the pieces together, and take a good team to the brink of elimination. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Donovan take one of the jobs. You know, New Orleans is obviously the most interesting job. Philadelphia is still open, which is kind of interesting because I thought they would move quickly on Ty Lue after Steve Nash was uh, announced in Brooklyn. But uh, there's Chicago. Well, uh, Chicago's open as well. Yeah. Sam, I, I got a guy for Sam Presti if he wants somebody who will put up with just absolutely terrible rebuilding years. Hey, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. Brett deserves uh, Brett. If if Brett wants that job, Brett deserves that job. I will happily trade Brett for for Billy Donovan. I may, and if he if they want to move uh, they want to move Chris Paul along with it, I'm okay with that too. This has been something that's been talked about quite a bit. How would you feel about, you know, adding a Chris Paul this offseason at the expense of, say, you know, it would have to be Paul and probably a piece, but uh, at the expense of Horford, Josh Richardson, and, you know, some sort of draft compensation? Do you want to pay a 36-year-old point guard $44 million? Or a 34-year-old center $33 million? It's a one-year difference, and it's, it's not. It's they're both two. They're both two years left. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean the. Oh wait, so their their contracts line up exactly? Yeah, but Paul makes forty-four million dollars. Just yeah. crazy money. Yeah, it's like twenty million dollars more than what Horford makes for at least the first year. I don't know about the second year because I was uh, when I first heard this rumor, I was looking into the contracts specifically to try to figure out, you know, what uh what makes the most sense and. I don't know how I feel because I don't know how Chris Paul fits with this roster. Obviously, it would take Ben off ball sort of permanently because mm-hmm. you're adding a real point guard and an established point guard. I mean, a guy who's Hall of Fame one of the guard. yeah one of one of the all time greats. Um, it, it, it's really really interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would do it. I mean, if it gets me off of the the Horford contract, then I guess fine. Um, I, I just don't know how it fits because Paul's not exactly a, a knockdown shooter. You know, that's that's one of the things that would kind of worry me. That's true. It's, again, something you really kind of need with the with the, the the players that you're building around. But I would argue that he is one a, a good enough clutch shooter, and we're seeing the 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 lost value of that with Jimmy Butler playing for the Miami Heat right now, and also a very good 
ISO scorer in the half court, which is not something that Philadelphia has at the guard position right now. True. So I don't know. Horford and Richardson for Chris Paul, it would be interesting. I'll tell you what, uh, Ben Simmons would get eight points a game just on pick and roll lobs from Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. So that works for me. Uh, there, there might be spacing issues, but I can, you know, I'm willing to make the move to make the move right now. We've dealt with spacing issues for years. It would be yeah. nothing different. We'd be fine. Fair enough. Ah, oh, man. I just, it, it's crazy that the season's going to start again in like three months. Well, I think they announced uh, a little bit ago that they were delaying a lot of this, a lot of the stuff, including the start to next season. Well, they are, but it's just not going to be at the original date, which I believe was December first or something like that. <laughs> it's they're gonna they're gonna start in December or January. They're gonna start, you know, they're gonna start at Christmas because I've been saying this all along. They should always be starting at Christmas. Well, yeah, because nobody cares outside of that. I mean. Uh, the NFL owns the fall. College football owns the fall. Oh. <laughs> well, for now, uh, college football owns the fall until uh, whenever. Um, but it's, I, I don't know. I, I It is weird to have your team eliminated and then know within like two months we're going to be right back into sort of everything. Um, yeah. It's also weird that it, it went from sweatpants season to summer back to sweatpants season and I really haven't left my house to go to work uh, in like months. So that's cool. Greg, it was 113 here yesterday. We in LA actually hit a record 121, their hottest day on uh, on record. Nice. So, not sweatpants season just here <laughs> quite yet, but I'm l- looking forward to sweatpants season because uh, that's at some point rain will come and fires will go away. I'll see the sky again, the grass will be green and all things will be beautiful. But that is is not the world we live in right now, unfortunately. No. And on that positive note, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Chris here. And this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you in part by Fastic. You know, I've said it before, but I think it's worth repeating. Fastic is probably the app that I use most during the course of any given day. I'm hooked. The app lays out everything you need to know during the day, when your fasts are going to start, how much water you're going to drink. They even give you incredible recipes for stuff to eat while you are eating. I genuinely don't know what I would do without it at this point. Fastic really is the perfect companion for a healthy lifestyle, with personalized plans to make sure that you're hitting your own goals. You guys all know it by now, I am a giant proponent of fasting. I've been doing it my whole life, really before I even knew what it was that I was doing. I love everything about it. The weight loss, weight management aspect of it is great, no question about that, but what's more important to me are the long-term health benefits that go along with fasting. Basically, you're giving your body time to fix itself, and that manifests in all kinds of great ways. The Fastic team has over 25 years of fasting experience, so if you want to join me on this fasting journey, head over to the Apple App Store or Google Play and download Fastic for free today. You are going to be thrilled you did. Hey guys, it's Chris, and the wait is finally over. Football is back. And while you may not be going to a game this year, you can still be in the game in the midst of all of the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. 
And this is great, pay attention, you can get in on all their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures right now. Head over to BetOnline today to take care of the best bonuses in the business. There's a lot of great games this weekend, but the one I'm most excited about is the first one, Thursday night, Houston at Kansas City, the battle of the newly paid quarterbacks, and this is going to be something to behold. Personally, I don't think that Houston secondary can stay with the Kansas City wide receivers and quarterback Patrick Mahomes for very long. I'm saying Chiefs big. That's just me. If you want to get in on all of that and so much more, head over to betonline.ag and don't forget the promo code PODCAST1, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-O-N-E, for your sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Gregory, we are back, and uh, no, more breaking news happened just about an hour ago. Looks like Von Miller will be out the entire season after uh, injuring a tendon in his ankle. How big a deal is this for the Broncos? Yeah, I didn't know the full extent of the injury. I just saw that he was going to get an MRI um, after practice, but that is it's a big blow for that Denver team. I think they were looking to take a step forward. They finally had found uh, what they think is their, their franchise quarterback with Drew Locke. Um, I don't know how I feel about that being the, the, the ultimate decision for the Elway uh the Elway front office, but hey, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard for me to get behind a guy who didn't win th- that much in college and be like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put that guy as the face of our franchise. Wasn't even all that good in college. It's not like this was an Eli situation or something like that where he played well but his team sucked. Drew Locke was the definition of inconsistent at college. Yeah, absolutely. He's and he was always a guy that was talked about and highly touted, mm-hmm. but never really lived up to sort of that that I guess preseason recognition that he would constantly get. Um, I, I will be interested to see, you know, um, what that defense looks like without Von Miller. They're gonna need they're gonna need some guys to really sort of step up. Um, I, but I think it's a big blow to them and any real chances they had at at contending. Um, for the the West and even even for the wild card spots. Yeah, and you know they're also saying Bradley Chubb's going to be on a pitch count early in the season, so he won't be there full time to take some of that load that is uh, has been caused by the Von Miller injury. Yeah, gigantic blow for the Broncos on what is uh, the eve of the eve of the eve of the season. Yeah, nothing better than uh, nothing better than a pitch count in football. That's Ugh. solid. Yeah. Good times, good times. <laughs> I mean, it just it, to me, to me, like that sort of stuff, and in really all sports, it annoys me. I mean, I, obviously the Sixers were the kings of the pitch counts and the minutes and and the restrictions and those types of things. Um, these guys are pro athletes, I and mean, we saw it with like injuries are going to happen. It is what it is, and you don't want to overextend guys. But I feel like when you when you put the pressure of, especially in football, because of just the, the nature of the game, you're talking about you know, okay, you're going to play 15 plays. Now we have to strategically put you in for these 15 plays. I don't know if you're going to get the same effect mm-hmm. uh, that you would hope. And we saw Zion in the bubble with the minutes restrictions mm-hmm. and how that how that led to the disappointment for him and a situation where, you know, he was upset with the coaching staff. We saw those reports, and, and who knows how true those actually are. But I feel like you're limiting um, – 
you're limiting the the players significantly in these situations, and and I think it just kind of leads to to issues. That Zion stuff drives me crazy. If you are upset about being put on a minute limit, be in better shape. Well, that's yeah, like, that's that's a key there. You have like everyone talks about oh look, he's such a like a bowling ball, Charles Barkley. His body is not made to sustain a long NBA season. He's gonna get hurt. I would think, you know, weirder things have happened. Guys have stayed healthy when we didn't expect them to. But to this point in his career, Zion has not been one of them. We've got one season and he's missed a bunch of it. Then he leaves the bubble for six days. And basically he's back to zero in terms of his conditioning and his minutes limit. Well, it really kind of goes back. It, it, it The one that always stands out, and it's the injury to... Um, Oh my God! He was on the Lakers, and now he's on the Knicks. Why can't I think of it? Kentucky first game in the NBA, he broke his leg. What the heck is his name? On the Knicks, you uh, say? He's on the Knicks now, but he, he was drafted by the Lakers. He's a big guy. He's center. Uh, I mean, this is this is bizarre that I can't remember his name. But we you you talk about body shape and 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 wear and tear and and those types of things. You know, he was making a routine play in his first NBA game, gets a rebound and breaks his leg and misses basically the entire year. Um, you'll you'll know who I'm talking about the second I figure it out. Um, Julius Randle. That's exactly who I'm talking about, Julius Randle. I can't believe I couldn't think of that name. Um, but that but that is the kind of thing where you think about all the wear and tear on Zion because he's a bigger guy and because of the way that he plays. I mean, you're talking about somebody who relies on explosivity. Uh, uh explosiveness, explosivity, I don't know. One of them's a word. One of them, they're probably both words. Um, but you're talking about a guy that relies on, on that athleticism. It could be seriously hampered um, if he's not in the best tip-top shape, you know, out there when he's trying to play. And I get, uh, he's also, we, we also kind of have to take into account that he is a 20-year-old kid. That, it uh, scares me more. Well, I understand that. I mean, I mean his attitude towards it. Yeah. I don't mean, I don't mean like the actual decision making. Like you don't want to be like, yeah, go out there and just do it because you're 20 and we know you can do it. But I could see where he would be upset because he's not thinking that long term game. He's like, what are we doing? I'm healthy. I want to play. But if that's the thing that has always concerned me, like if his metabolism is like this as a 20 year old, how does like how is he not going to be? And you know, this seems like it's a hyperbolic statement. But he was listed at 285. How is he not going to be 315 when he's 28, 29? Well, I mean, it's going to have to come down to really watching the diet, watching, you know, what he's doing in the offseason, his workouts, how he's going about putting on whether it's mass or if it's muscle, um, you know, and and trying to slim down and sort of streamline his body. That's that's the only way they're going to be able to do it if they plan on, you know, being able to move forward and keeping him healthy and not having his body break down at 25 because of all the ups and downs. Yeah, if he wants to play a bunch of minutes, he needs to. Uh, next season's going to be hard just because of the the limited off season. But like, he needs to show up to next season like two sixty five, and he needs to get down to two forty five, two fifty within a couple of years. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think I think if you want to talk about longevity of his career, it just has to be that way. You don't see a ton of three hundred pound guys go forever. No. In the NBA, I mean, Shaq, I guess, really is the one that stands out the most. But he also played a much different game because he was seven one. You know what I mean? And don't forget, the like, end of his career was just bouncing around from team to team. 
Oh yeah, it was uh, it was not not good. I mean, talk about the time he spent on the Celtics, the Cavs, the, the Cavs. Yeah. yeah, the Cavs was a bad one. Um, they were all bad ones, by the way. <laughs> that that is true. For the record, they were all bad ones. Um, but I I I I couldn't agree more that there has to be a real concerted effort with Zion and keeping him, you know, ke- keeping him disciplined when it comes to, you know, taking that stuff seriously. Another thing I wanted to hit on as we are 12.7 seconds away from the Milwaukee Bucks being eliminated in the playoffs with Giannis, you know, out for game five. The Giannis thing is, it's been interesting the whole time because we talk about, we talk about Zion needing to be in better shape. Giannis is obviously, you know, the, the peak of peak shape of, that a human being can be. But for whatever reason, he's just not built to play a ton of minutes. You know, Budenholzer doesn't ask him to play a lot. During the regular season, it's only about 30. During the playoffs, it's only about 32. But I thought that the announcers, and I, I don't remember if it was Mark Jackson, I think it was, made a really interesting point game, uh, game four before he got hurt. And that's that, you know, he, after a, a coast to coast, like he's waving over at the sidelines to come out. It's not like he's fighting to stay in the game. Some guys just don't have that conditioning for whatever reason. Yeah, no, I, I don't. It's bizarre to me, to be perfectly honest. The, 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 the Giannis not playing enough minutes, uh, yeah. situation. Like it is, I, 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 I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's like you're talking about it being potentially a conditioning thing. I mean, obviously during the regular season, he's not asked to play a ton of minutes because they're always, they're they're always, you know, usually at least from a team that's sixty plus wins, they're usually in control by midway through the third quarter, right? They're not playing a ton of super close games unless you're talking about them playing the elite of the elite as far as. Um, as far as like Eastern Conference teams go and things like that. So for the most part, those those 30 minutes are early in the game. Let's take control and then, you know, you can kind of coast in the second half and that kind of thing. In the playoffs, it has to be different, though. And I don't know whether that's conditioning off the court during practice uh, leading up to this. Obviously, this season is a weird situation. Um, you have to be able to ask more from your superstar mm. in, in a situation like this. 32 minutes or averaging 36 minutes and saying that's the ceiling – that's not acceptable if you want to be the best player in the NBA, especially when it comes to the postseason. The postseason is where everything ramps up. It's where competition becomes even more, you know, even more tight. There's, there's, it's way more stressful. Obviously, you have to have your superstars being willing to go out there and play 40, 42 minutes, 44 minutes, and play them effectively. Yeah. So I don't know whether I don't know whether it is a conditioning thing off off the field. Um, but it, I think we have to like Giannis has to figure it out, or is it a coaching thing? Can Giannis go out there and do it? Um, I also think the 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 Bucks roster wasn't particularly helpful to to Giannis. It's sort of a that that Embiid excuse almost, mm-hmm. where the guys around him aren't aren't the best fit. They're definitely how are they guys. not the best fit? I think that that team is fit perfectly around him. I think it's Giannis and four shooters at all times. I think choosing Brooke Lopez over Malcolm Brogdon was a very, very, very poor decision Brooke, for the Bucs. Brooke Lopez is second team all defense and has turned himself into a knockdown shooter from the corner. I, I, still, it doesn't, it doesn't jive Brogdon with Brogdon is with how so they play. overrated, too. I, I don't fine. get I'm the Brogdon with, love. I'm fine with Brogdon being overrated, but I think he is the, the better fit there 
on the Bucks team. I just think he is. I, I don't know. You know, it's to me, Brooke Lopez looks slow. He looks old. I understand he's second team all defense, yada, yada, yada. We consider Anthony Davis a forward, not a center. If he was a center, then he wouldn't be, then Brooke Lopez wouldn't be second team all defense. Sure, but Anthony Davis doesn't play center, so he didn't get nominated for that position. It's because he refuses to play center. It's fine. I don't know. I, I struggle with, I just struggle with the Bucks. The, they're going to lose Giannis. Like, that's going to happen. How but soon I also... do you think that's going to happen? Because there's obviously a lot of talk now that they're about to be eliminated if they haven't been already. Yeah, it's a final 103-94. Bucks out of the playoffs lose 1-4 to uh, against Jimmy Butler and those Miami Heat. How soon do you think that the, the Giannis time in Milwaukee is over? Because originally I thought, eh, maybe they get swept. He asks for a trade. Now I think because he got hurt at the end, there's a bit of a reprieve and he's back for another year. I mean, I, th- I think there's the potential that they, that they could move on from him if the deal is right sooner rather than later. I, I know there's a lot of buzz that goes around that and everybody wants to, to pretend that, you know, it's all, not really pretend, it's all really just become like, Okay, they're clearly going to – he's not coming back, which we don't obviously know. You don't know what Giannis is thinking, but no. I think the writing's sort of on the wall there. Um, I, I, think, I think it could be, be sooner unless they make a drastic change outside of that, and that drastic change would be a change in the head coach. You know what I mean? You think they potentially fire Budenholzer? I do. I, I do. I think this is a failure back-to-back years where oh. – where can it, Could it be Jason Kidd? What do you mean? Coming back? Giannis flat out loved Jason Kidd. If they brought Jason Kidd back, that would be such an admission of just awfulness. I don't know. I don't know if you can do that. I don't know. Apparently, <laughs> apparently Giannis got really upset. He called Jason Kidd when he heard they were moving on. He said he would go to the front office and talk to them for talk to them for Kidd. Like they were very close. He, I think he gives Kid a lot of credit for developing his game to where it is now. I mean, I think that I think Jason Kidd sort of got a raw deal in that in that whole situation for when he was fired. Um, I just don't know if as an organization you can backtrack like that. You know what I mean? Also, he's a scumbag uh, wife beater. Well, sure, he definitely has his personal life transgressions that that aren't aren't uh, the most positive. Um, but it's. I just don't think they could ever make it. I don't think any franchise can make a move like that unless it's like Pat Riley. You know what I mean? How about like, Billy Donovan? Yeah. Billy Donovan would be interesting. I mean, you talk about, like we, we kind of discussed it earlier. I Honestly, that might be an excellent fit if we're really if we're really you know, breaking it down. Donovan's a winner on every level for mm-hmm. the most part. I mean, you talk about back-to-back national titles at Florida – always a top-tier team, moved to the NBA, transitioned pretty well. I mean, yeah. you talk about the guys that he had, um, was always very successful in, in the tougher conference. Uh, if I'm the Bucks, man, and, and we're getting we're getting gentlemen swept 4-1 by the Miami Heat, uh, I, I think I think moving on from, from Bud might be the way to go. Are you interested in Budenholzer in Philadelphia? Sure. I, I mean, it, it, it's got a... It's mainly because I hate NBA retreads, but in this case, this feels very similar to the the Dwayne Casey 
Detroit thing, mm-hmm. right? So he gets moved out of Toronto because Toronto keeps running into dumb issues after with winning LeBron. coach of the year. Exactly, uh, he gets they keep running into LeBron in the playoffs, and it's LeBron in the playoffs. Yeah. You're not, you know, there's nothing you can do, unfortunately, there if you're if you're the Raptors in those situations. Um, Casey then goes to Detroit. Now Detroit hasn't been great. There's there's no doubt about it. But they've also been in a major sort of roster. Uh, sort of mm-hmm. influx. I mean, you talk about they traded um, uh, Drummond. Oh my, Drummond, yeah, they traded Drummond. They traded Reggie Jackson. They grabbed Blake Griffin. I mean, um, it, there's there's definitely some some moving pieces. So I, I don't think he's had the fairest shake in Detroit. But I could see a similar situation playing out uh, with a guy like Bud because Bud Bud's not a he's not a bad coach. I think that's very obvious. But I just think there is. There's a time and a place where guys, you sort of have to move on, and I think a failed, a failed, failing to reach the Eastern Conference Finals as the one seed and probably the best team in the NBA throughout the um, mm-hmm. throughout the regular season is really, really tough. Well, let me it's a ask tough you, thing to swallow. Could there be indirect ramifications on the Sixers here? Because it, would that suddenly, or would that Thunder job, probably not the Thunder job, but would this Bucks job become really appealing to Ty Lue? Yeah, I mean, it, it could. The, 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 because of the, I know we covered it last week. The Thunder have all those picks coming up. 13. And, yeah. I mean, and Lou, Lou is obviously a very accomplished coach and, and molds can, can mold that young team and keep getting them better. I think it's. I think it's very possible that's where he goes. I think that's one of the reasons. Obviously, I don't think he knew Billy Donovan was getting fired, um, but I, I do think it was it was very telling uh, how the situation went down with it being really reported that Ty Lue was definite for the Sixers, and then all of a sudden, within like twenty minutes, it was like, ah, uh, we're gonna backtrack yeah, that one. Things you know just I mean? kind of like, went quiet. That was that was very strange, and uh, it feels like that's a deal that is that is probably off now. If you're if you're talking about the Sixers, well, and all I see, I don't know that it wasn't known that Donovan was gonna leave the Thunder because what else could he have possibly done? It's not like this is a situation where he you know he needed to win to keep his job. He did an incredible job, deserved Coach of the Year votes this year. So I'm not sure it wasn't a foregone conclusion, and I'm not sure that hasn't been known in NBA circles for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess to me, to me, it just feels like it feels like uh, there was probably always speculation. Yeah. Uh, but then we talk about the success, the success that he had this year. It kind of almost just proves that in the NBA, you you really can't like. It, no matter how good you do from a coaching standpoint, you really, you really kind of might just be screwed. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's just sort of out there and done. Uh, that's t- that's tough, man. That is that is very very. It's a very it's, a, it's sort of a tough pill to swallow if you're uh, if you're Billy Donovan for how how well you did with the the team that was constructed in front of you. Hey, I felt the same way coaching CYO basketball. I'm just always looking over <laughs> my back for that next guy who's going to take over. Yeah. Joe Hart. Uh, All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horwardell. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here a little later in the week for some NFL picks. See you then.